we're, we're going to go to Matthew's gospel this morning. And uh, I want to talk about Matthew because Matthew came and introduced the father. Jesus came and introduced the father. They called Abraham their father. They called Moses their father. But they never, ever called. They, they, they knew him as Elohim and they knew him as Rwandai uh, and all, all kinds of other names. But they didn't know him as Father. He's your Father. Romans 8.15 says that he's Papa God. And so, and so the goal of today's Father's Day message is so that you can see him as your Father. Well, maybe not your ugly Father. <laughs> no, maybe you had an ugly Father and you didn't want to think about him. <laughs> Anybody ever have an ugly father? Don't show me your hands. You know, Eric McDonald was on Facebook today and he was talking about um, how his dad was a Pentecostal preacher and he remembered him getting on his knees and, and praying for an hour every day. And when I'm reading it, I'm thinking about my father being locked in the basement going through post-traumatic stress years after the war was over and screaming and going nutso. And I thought, well, they both, but they both happened and one couldn't have happened without the other. You know, when you think about what people go through, there's, there's, anyway, I'm glad that his father prayed for all those hours, but that's not the memory I have of my dad. The memory I have of my dad is, Somebody was replaying hell over and over again for years and years after it took place. So, so when I think about my father, I don't have warm, fuzzy feelings. I, but when I think about my heavenly father, when I think about the one that rescued me, the one that sent his son Jesus, the one that as I was driving around, driving past the lake of Tiberias, I looked out and, and it, was a, it was a rough sea out there. And I looked up on the mountain and the Lord said, I knew the mountain was where he saw the disciples struggling in the storm, sloshing all over the place. And he came walking to them on the water. And I'm looking at that. And he said, I saw you in the storm too. I saw you caught up in alcohol and drug addiction. And that was it. Because he saw you in the storm too. He knows where you're at right now. He knows what you're going through, and he knows what put you there. And he said, I want to bring you my peace. He said, I could have given you all kinds of things. I could have given you power to raise the dead. Well, I guess you got that. But He said, I'm leaving you my peace, the peace that passes understanding. Let it rule your heart and let it rule your mind. Be peaceful. Enter into my rest. Stop doing and just be. Stop doing. Sweatless victory. Amen. Did you know that what, that's why Zadok and all the priests couldn't wear, they had to wear linen garments? No sweat. God hates, listen to me, God hates sweat. It, it requires human efforts. He's not interested in your human effort. He's interested in you believing. No, but if you get that, the struggle is over. 
You know, as you see people saying, well, the battle is real, brother. No, the battle is not real for you. Not battle, not for me. My Bible says, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. <laughs> the joy of the Lord is your strength. Who art thou, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you will become a plain. How? I'm going to speak grace, grace to the mountain. Just going to talk to it because it's not by might. And it's not by power, but it's by my, not by your might, not by your power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. If he would, he would like to tell you today, chill out, I'm your dad. No, he says things like, consider the sparrow. You can buy, you could buy two sparrows for a dime. And he's saying, he's saying, I take care of them. I take care of those Two for a dime birds, aren't you much more valuable than them? Like, come on. How do you see yourself? Get rid of that inferiority and say, he's my father. Hallelujah. He's not giving me a spirit of bondage again to fear, but a spirit of adoption. And I cry, Abba, Father, Papa, God. And I'm an heir of God. I'm an heir of God because of that I'm a joint heir with Jesus. That means everything that belongs to Jesus already belongs to me, so I don't lack anything. I might lack revelation of how to obtain things, but I don't lack anything. He already supplied all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. It's a done deal. Everybody say it's a done deal. So in Matthew chapter 4, he was talking and he said, he said, repent. I, I love the Ben Campbell Johnson. He says, Change your attitude and your and your actions for an invasion from the spirit realm is evident, imminent. What he was saying there is the thing that he hadn't spoken to anybody since Malachi closed 300 years earlier. It was silence from heaven. And when he spoke, he said, I got some good news for you. Change your attitude. Change your actions. Because the thing that you've been waiting for and the thing that you've been expecting is about to break forth in your life. Change your attitude, change your action, an invasion from the spirit realm. Amen. So where did I say go? Matthew chapter 4. Yeah, that was at verse. Yeah, we, well, we can just jump over to chapter 5. Then. How about if we jump all the way over to chapter 6? Whatever you want. That's right. It's my half hour. <laughs> Matthew 6, in verse 7. Now, again, he's talking to these guys, and they didn't know that God was their father. They didn't have a clue that he was their father. And yet he's our Papa God, whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. He's our father. He's your dad. And he's a good daddy. He's a good daddy. And he doesn't withhold things from you. Why do you go through things? Because you live in a fallen planet. Yeah. You have to endure things, dear God. Overcome. Yeah, over, yeah, overcome. For the joy that was set before him, he endured. He endured what he had to go through because he had something that he was looking for. The joy of the Lord is going to bring me strength 
and I can overcome every adversity in life. Amen. I remember in uh, 2018, Pastor Paul and I went to the Minnesota Vikings football game. (laughs) And it was a God day all the way. But Paul noticed something that day that I hadn't told anybody. And that was that um, I could barely walk from here to the end of the door without being out of breath. That started back then, back then. And uh, Paul, Paul said, I always used to have to run to keep up with you going through the airports. And he said, now I'm having to wait for you just walking up to the stadium. So I found out then that I had a, um, I am going to tell the story. I'm going to tell the story. I had a, a defective heart valve. And, um, and so all of the other stuff that's happened since then was the result of that stuff, having the faulty heart valve all the medications and all the sarcoidosis and all the other things and all the drugs that they tried to fix me with. And uh, none of it worked, obviously. (laughs) I had a good time. No, not really. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, um, I had heard from my, my family doctor, John McNabb, back, way back, way, way back, three, four years ago. He said, there's a procedure that they can do to fix your heart valve. And I said, yeah, well, I don't want, you know, <laughs> zip, zip and all that. He said, no, no, there's another thing that they can do. And so I, I listened to it and kind of ignored it until, until I got that phone call on Monday. And on Monday, I got a, heart, a phone call from the guy that does the surgery. Well, first off, we, just, we met with three people, the two naysayers. <laughs> No, but you're always going to get naysayers. They're going to say, well, you know, you're going to do that. You better watch over this. You better watch over that. You better watch over that. So we went through two of those. And then the guy that does the surgery came strolling in there with his operating dude stuff on. He said, um, by the way, they go in through the groin and float a new valve up and into your heart. That's it. It takes an hour. An hour to change your life forever. He said, you can't drive for a month. I thought, dear God, that means Nancy again. <laughs> <laughs> but that's for other people. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, but I can start lifting weights after the first week. <laughs> anyway, the guy, he came in on Monday and he said, uh, this was now, this was Monday afternoon, Monday morning. He said, um, what we need to do is get a CAT scan, a CT scan. That's a cat by the tail, by the way. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. A CT scan, and uh, then within a month, we'll do the surgery. So you're thinking, CAT scan, how long is that going to take? They do them at Cobbequid, they do them in one machine. In the, in the, anyway, that was on Monday. On Wednesday afternoon, they called. They said, "Won't we here tomorrow to do the do the the CT scan?" So now they did that on Thursday. So within the next thirty days, I'm going to join Don Matheson to run around this church. Did you notice her today? Yes. You see the times that she crawled around. You see her going boogieing by four or five times today. Yeah. 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 
motivated James can. I shot, <laughs> shot with my own eyes. <laughs> anyway, that's what's happening, and I can hardly wait. Boy, that's awesome. Yay. Yeah. 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 Oh, total. No, but it has affected everything in my life. Huh? Yeah, but just think how peaceful it's going to be for you. Nancy, 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 could you give me that? Nancy, could you give me that? I know it's love. It's beyond above the call of duty. If God put the crown on you right now, you'd fall over from the weight of it. It's true. It's true. It's absolute truth, man. Yeah. Yeah, but here's the thing. After a while, you don't. After a while, you get, I'm so, you know, I got to call Justin to do this. I got to call Jordan to do this. I got to call Paul to do that. It freaks me out. No, because like Paul said, I'm the guy that you'd have to run to keep up with going through an airport. I was going somewhere, always going somewhere and always doing something. And so to have to sit, it's very humbling. It's probably good for you to allow other people to do that. But it's no fun. But, you know, you're sitting in one of those wheelchairs. I did a wheelchair over there twice because of the long trip I had to make down the hallways and stuff. And I'm thinking, I know how people get hooked on this. They like the attention that it brings and the doors that it opens and stuff. Don't ever get fall. Don't ever, no. don't ever fall for any trap. Fight the good fight of faith every day of your life, and and don't ever quit or cave in. Okay. Matthew six seven. But when you pray, don't use vain repetitions as the heathen do. They think they will be heard by much speaking. Be not therefore like unto them, for you look out like this, for your father knows the things that you have need of before you even ask him. After this manner, pray. Now it's funny because he said not vain repetitions. Then you get to verse nine, and this is used as a vain repetition all over the world. Even the voice changes. Oh, you, your voice sounds different. Who are you talking to now? Oh. <laughs> You've never noticed any of that. Okay, it was just me. Yes, Heavenly Father. No, he's, he's, he's your friend. He's your dad. You don't talk to your dad like, oh, oh, oh. He said, be not like them, for your father knows the things that you have need of before you even ask him. After this manner, pray. Our Father, with heart in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done where? Where? Oh, if I could only get to heaven. Where? In earth. As he intends for you and I to bring heaven to earth. Not for us to rapture out of here and go to heaven. Everybody waiting on the rapture. Forget it. Go do your job. Yeah. 
what's he want a bunch of losers up there for? <laughs> Get me out of here. I'm so scared. <laughs> you're training for reigning while you're here. It's good. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts. Uh-oh, what's that next part? Oh, what? You want me to forgive too? Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I like uh, the Passion Translation. May I read that to you? There's no need to imitate the Gentiles, since your father already knows what you need before you ask him. Pray like this, our beloved father, dwelling in the heavenly realms, may the glory of your name be the center on which our lives turn. Read that part again. May the glory of your name be the center on which our lives turn. Manifest your kingdom realm and cause your every purpose to be fulfilled on earth, just as it is in heaven. We acknowledge you as our provider of all that we need each day. Forgive us the wrongs that we have done as we ourselves release forgiveness to those that have wronged us. Rescue us every time as we face tribulation and set us free from evil. For you are the king who rules over the power with all power and glory forever. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now I'd like to zero in on verse 26. Matthew 6, rather, 25. Matthew 6, 25, 26. Therefore I say unto you, don't worry. Therefore I say unto you, Don't worry. Chill out. Don't worry. Don't worry. That's really what faith is, is just trusting that no matter what's going on, all things work together for your good because you love God and you've been called according to his purpose. It's working together. It doesn't matter. So it didn't happen to you. It happened for you. Listen, it didn't happen to you. It happened for you. Don't make it happen to you because then you're a victim. When it happens for you, you're more than a conqueror. Recognize that these things happen for you and not to you. Don't ever be a victim. And that's what was happening with Paul in Timothy chapter 4. You know, Demas left me like all these bad things happened. He had lost something. Of course, when I read that, I'm, I celebrate him because I'm thinking, Hey, Paul, you didn't know that I'd be teaching this 2,000 years later. <laughs> what he was doing then, he had no idea the scope of what was going to happen next, and neither do you. Huh? He knew it was going to be good, and yet, and, and yet, you know, Ezra said, you were born into the kingdom for such a time as this. You were born into the kingdom for such a time as this. You don't know what he's doing in your life either. Well, maybe he hasn't done anything about you. It ain't over as long as you're breathing. Do this. Feel the air on your finger. 
He's not finished. Don't worry. This is why I tell you to never be worried about your life. For all that you need will be provided. Now this, again, this is the passion, okay? Don't worry. This is why I told you to never be worried about your life. For all that you need will be, listen, all that you need will be provided. All that you need, see, you don't have a need right now. If he already supplied you with all the spiritual blessings in the heavenlies in Christ, and he did it before the foundation of the world, the answer was there before the problem arrived. Listen, he had the answer in place before the problem ever arrived. He's not taken by surprise. He went to the end and said, okay, now let's begin. He already did it all. And then he backed up and said, okay, now let's do this. He already did it all. And then he said, let's back up and do this. So what you're walking through right now, he's already been there. He didn't live in time. He put time in here for you. He didn't live in time. You got time on your watch. He lives way beyond that. He said to everything, there is a season, but even that is for you. To every purpose under heaven. He said, there's a purpose in your life and your purpose is coming to pass. And it doesn't matter what they said about you. What are you saying about you? What you say is what matters. Because he said in Numbers chapter 21, he said, I've spoken a commandment to bless you and I'll never reverse it. I've spoken a commandment to bless you and I'll never change my mind. Well, then if he's not going to change his mind, why should you? But again, it's that inferiority thing. It's like when you get preachers on Facebook bragging about um, explaining their ministry. No, you can tell a testimony about God, but really make it about you and steal his glory. God used, little God used big me. Okay, let that go. No, but all it shows, what it shows me, I'm not being critical of people. It shows me that we have an identity crisis. If you know who you are in Christ, you don't need a title. All you need to know is, hey, I'm his. Without him, I'm zero, nothing, but I'm not without him. I, I don't have anything that I can pack my back, pat myself on the back for. Well, guess what I did? Nothing. Without him, nothing. With him, everything. So, any bragging that we do, the glory has to go to him. And when I see people doing that on Facebook, I realize, wow, you're feeling so bad about yourself that you've got to project yourself beyond. Anyway, I wasn't going to say all that, but it's out there now. So he said, I'll supply your clothing, your water, and everything that you need. Isn't your life more than meat or meal? Vegans, I don't know what do you do with that verse. But anyway, yeah. uh, <laughs> isn't your your body more than clothing? Consider the birds. Do you think that they worry about their existence? Do you ever see an uptight seagull? They're picketing down around that restaurant on the western shore. <laughs> we want more French fries. <laughs> Drop your ice cream there. They don't plant, they don't reap or store up of food. 
Yet your heavenly Father provides for them each with food. Aren't you, look at this, aren't you much more valuable to your Father than they are? So which one of you, by worrying, could add anything to your life? And why would you worry about your clothing? Look at the beautiful flowers of the field. They don't work or toil. But here's the thing, another thing that I notice. It's, it, if, you, if you take care of that, he won't. As long as you're going to continue to be your own provider, he won't. You've got to let him go. You gotta, you, you've got, it's not just let go and let go. It's let go. Just let go. Enter his, the only labor, Hebrews 4.11 says, that you're to be involved in is to enter into his rest. There's no struggle in a rest. And then he said, if you don't do it, you have an evil heart of unbelief. If you don't enter his rest, you have an evil heart of unbelief. Who wants an evil heart of unbelief? Raise your hand. So which one of you by worrying can add anything to your life? And why would you worry about your clothing? Look at the beautiful flowers of the field. They don't work or toil. Yet not even Solomon with all of his splendor was robed in beauty like these. So if God has clothed the meadows of the field with hay, which is here today for a short time and dried up and burned, won't he provide for you the clothes that you need? You of little, it's not very encouraging, but he says, you of little faith. So then for, here's the thing you forsake, your worries. Forsake your worries. Giving a time to worry, you're too busy rejoicing in the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They'll mount up on wings like eagles. They'll run and not be weary and walk and not faint. Even the young be weary, he said, and get faint. But he said, I don't care how old you are. If you'll wait on me, I'll fill you with, with, uh, with superhuman youth strength building through your body. Come on. It's not over until you say it's over. What will we drink? What will we wear for these unbelievers chase after all this? Unbelievers chase after unbelievers. So I don't want to be qualifying myself as an unbeliever chasing after these things. Doesn't your heavenly father already know the things that your bodies require? So above all, constantly seek, I love this, constantly seek, what am I supposed to do, God? Constantly seek my kingdom and my righteousness. Then all of these less important things will be given to you abundantly. Refuse to worry about tomorrow, but deal with each daily challenge as it comes your way. One day at a time. Tomorrow will take care of itself. I said, tomorrow will take care of itself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tomorrow will take care of itself, so you don't have any worries. Now we're going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, yeah, verses uh, 9 to 11. You see what you got in redemption? Ooh, hallelujah. Verse 9 says, don't you know? that the unrighteous will not inherit God's kingdom. Do not be deceived. No sexually immoral people, no idolaters, no adulterers, no males who have sex with other males, no thieves, no greedy people, no drunkards, no verbally abusive people or swindlers will ever inherit God's kingdom. 
Oh, there, we're all disqualified right there. <laughs> I'm sure you can find yourself in that list somewhere. Verse 11. And, and some of you need to be, some of you need to be, used to be like this. But what happened? What happened that took that out of my life? What happened? Some of you used to be like this, but you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. See, so people will lay all that, that stuff on you from the first, from verse 9 and 10, but you got to get verse 11. Verse 11 is what happened to you. You got converted. You got changed. God got a hold of your life. Uh, Passion Translation says, Surely you must know that people who practice evil cannot possess God's kingdom realm. Stop being deceived. People who continue to engage in sexual immorality and idolatry and, and adultery and sexual perversion, homosexuality, fraud, greed, drunkenness, verbal abuse, extortion, these will not inherit God's kingdom realm. It's true. It's true that some of you once lived in those lifestyles, but now, listen to this, but now you have been purified from sin, made holy, and given a perfect standing before God, all because of the power of the name of the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, and through our union of the Spirit with him. So, But you think about how the Bible gets preached. They'll lay verse 9 and 10 on you without sharing verse 11. And all of a sudden, you never feel good about yourself until you understand that it wasn't about yourself. It was about somebody for the joy that was set before him endured the cross and despised the shame of it. You were the joy that was set before him. You were the reason that he came and was born. You were the reason that he died. You're the reason that he was resurrected. You're the reason that he took his blood to the heavenly holy of holies and poured it on the mercy seat. You're it. No, I said, you're it. You're the reason. And it wasn't because of your good looks, although you were looking pretty good here today on a Sunday. But it had nothing to do with that. It had to do with, I accept what he did for me. And I'm not going to try and pay him back. I'm not going to frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness came by keeping the law, then Christ died for nothing. No, I've been crucified with Christ. I died when he died. I rose when he rose. Ephesians 2, 6 says, I'm seated. Looking forward to standing to preach, but I'm seated right now. In heavenly places in Christ, and so are you. You're, you're seated here on Brookshire Court in the physical, but in the spirit realm, you're already seated in heavenly places with him. What does that mean to you? Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name this name, not only in this world, but that which is to come. Placed all things under his feet, which means all things are under your feet, and you're his body, and the fullness of him, the fullness of him fills you all in all. To the intent that now and to the principalities and powers in the heavens might be made known by you, the church, the manifold wisdom of God according to his eternal purpose, which he purposed in Christ Jesus, our Lord, and in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by faith of him. We bow our knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant unto us according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in our inner man, 
that Christ dwells in our hearts by faith. We're rooted and grounded in love, knowing how much he loves us. And able to comprehend with all those things, the breadth, the length, the depth, the height, to know the love of Christ that passes knowledge, that we be filled with the fullness of God. See, that's your destiny. That's what that's his desire for you. His desire for you is not to be filled with guilt and shame and condemnation. His his goal for you is to be filled with his presence, filled with his glory. So free, in fact, that when you walk into a room, it changes the atmosphere. Something good just happened here in the room. Amen. Praise the Lord. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.